relatively recently, people's understanding of the world was quite different. An educated Englishman in the 17th century believed the creation, including humanity, to be organized into a great chain of being that stretched from the foot of God's throne to the meanest of inanimate objects. Everything, living or not, was assigned its place in an unchanging order. Angels ranked between God and kings, kings above commoners, people above other animals, lions over mice, mice above plants, plants above rocks, and so on. It was a chain, not a ladder. One couldn't climb or descend it. The basic characteristics of human beings weren't thought to change, nor usually did their status in society. Butterflies didn't change, mountains didn't change, the air people breathed didn't change, and poor girls didn't marry royalty. Indeed, nothing fundamental was thought to have been altered since the world was created on October 23, 4004 B.C., as Archbishop of Armagh James Usher calculated in 1650. In modern terms, 17th century savants were ignorant about the most basic aspects of the world. But by Archbishop Usher's time, ironically, change was already in the wind. Despite having been, in theory, put on the throne by God, Charles I of England was executed for treason on January 30th, 1649, by human beings. This act of regicide defied a millennium of custom and sermons and indicated a weakening of belief in the great chain. In fact, it heralded a fundamental shift. Previously, Most scholars had focused on received wisdom from texts. In the West, these included the Bible as well as the classical works of scholars, especially Aristotle, who wrote extensively on physics, philosophy, natural history, logic, and psychology three and a half centuries before Christ, and Thomas Aquinas, with the five proofs of the existence of God he developed in the late 13th century. Both Aristotle and Aquinas themselves had an empiricist bent. Meaning they tried to make sense of the natural world through observation and experience, though not experiment, as most sciences do today. But in the Middle Ages, most people were not trying to acquire new knowledge from nature. They had been taught to believe what their putative superiors said and to do as they were instructed. After Usher's time, the focus on received wisdom was gradually replaced in the West by a new spirit of independent inquiry and discovery. Galileo, 1564 to 1642, rolling marbles down inclined planes and making careful measurements to investigate gravity, began to undermine the vague Aristotelian notion that each object sought its natural place. Science was being born. A question and test school of intellectual discourse was weakening the old believe and obey school. In the age of enlightenment that followed. Spurred by scientific advances and growing discontent with oppressive monarchies, ideas of change and progress were appearing everywhere in Europe, along with belief in the power of reason to explain the universe and to improve people's lot. In part, ascendance of that view was due to the work of the extraordinary mathematician and physicist Isaac Newton, 1643 to 1727, who, among many other things, showed how the mathematical laws That described the motion of objects on Earth, also governed the movements of celestial bodies. Newton was followed a century and a half later by that greatest of biologists, Charles Darwin, 1809 to 1882, 
who explained how the vast diversity of living creatures was generated. His ideas gave the coup de grace to the prevalent static view of the world. He newtonized biology by showing that myriad seemingly disparate facts could be explained by a set of unifying rules of change. Increased understanding of physical science laid the groundwork for the Industrial Revolution, which later mass-produced wonders ranging from pistols with replaceable parts to automobiles, jet aircraft, digital computers, and nuclear missiles. At the same time, the discoveries of biological science started to end plagues and improve health, and thus lower death rates, and by doing so, encouraged unprecedented human population growth. These biological discoveries also begin to explain where human beings had come from, how we fit into nature, and how we got smart enough to create and apply science, become the dominant.